welcome to Cincy Reforms. We are doing a podcast and a series of videos at cincyreform.org, hoping to encourage you and to uh, help you get a bit of a feel for what Reformed Christianity is all about. This is a uh, podcast and video series hosted by Westside Reformed Church in Cincinnati, Ohio, in the West Side, as the name uh, might suggest. You can find our church at westsidereforms.org. My name is Zach Wise. I'm a pastor of Westside Reformed Church. I'm here with my co-pastor, Brandon Burks, and we are here to talk about, tell us. Um, baptism. And specifically, we want to talk about what makes a baptism valid. Um, we probably have heard a lot of stories about um, baptisms, probably some pretty bizarre. Um, even as we look back into church history, there have been people who, for example, um, uh, people who baptize themselves. <laughs> is, that, is, is that valid? Is that a valid baptism? Somebody who went to the bathtub or went to a swimming pool or a creek and pronounced a baptism upon themselves. Um, what makes a baptism a valid one? And, you know, we're, we probably know churches that will rebaptize, and of course they, they would say, we're not rebaptizing, we're baptizing you for the first time because your other baptisms didn't count uh, because they were done by yourself or they were done in a non appropriate way. So, um, what makes a baptism valid? Uh, Zach, um, I'll turn it over to you. What are some. What are some key things that uh, just have to be there, or should be there, or ought to be there, for baptism to be counted as valid? Yeah. Well, when we receive members into our church, that's actually one of the questions that we have to ask and to sort through uh, with them to see, have you been baptized before? And um, if they have had some water applied to them, was that a valid baptism? <laughs> because if it was not, then we need to baptize them uh, properly uh, with a validity. And there's kind of a funny story, sort of sad, but about myself. I remember being in um, uh, England on a, uh, a mission trip and trying to persuade my um, hotel roommate to just baptize me in the, in the bathtub that was there because I did not have a clue in terms of what it was that makes baptism valid. I just realized at the time, or at least I thought at the time, that I had not been uh, baptized because I had an infant baptism, so I thought that couldn't be valid. And uh, Brandon helped us a couple episodes ago to think about infant baptism. But you know, that, that's just a, a significant question that we have to ask ourselves. What uh, is appropriate? And um, one of the things that we begin to sort through as the elders of our church when we uh, discern whether someone was um, truly baptized is whether such uh, application of water occurred in the context of a worship service. That is, I think, a very key thing. Um, helpful quote from Gerhardus Voss here. Uh, Baptism is not a private matter as a sacrament. It belongs to the church. Therefore, it should be administered in a public meeting of the congregation when believers are gathered for the ministry of the word. And that's very helpful and appropriate to think about because when we think about 1 Corinthians 12, we're thinking about being baptized by one spirit into one body. That this really has relationship to both Christ 
and the church, the body of Christ. And so we need to recognize that we're not baptized merely as individuals, but as members of the covenant people of the church. And if a baptism is being performed where a church exists, then it should be in the context of the church and worship services. We're not talking about the Ethiopian eunuch here. Mm-hmm. where there wasn't a local church there and Philip, an ordained minister, was baptizing. And we're not talking about an unreached people group where someone is the first person who is converted there or like the Philippian jailer right. where there's no church. We're talking about where there is a church, then that sacrament should be administered within the context of the church. Yeah. We also want to say that we would be asking a question of was the sacrament administered with water so it could be done with sprinkling, or by pouring of water, or by immersion into mm-hmm. water. Those are all um, appropriate modes of baptism. The use of water, yeah. whether it's applied one time or three times, doesn't matter. That water needs to be applied, and it should be applied by someone ordained to that task. Mm-hmm. A, a pastor, um, a, a teaching elder, someone who is giving that uh, calling in an authoritative capacity to apply an authoritative sacrament, welcoming the recipient into the people of God. So someone who is called to um, uh, apply that, to oversee it, and um, that person should also use the uh, words given to us by Jesus in Matthew 28, the Trinitarian name, I baptize you into the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So that's, those would be the words of institution given again by a minister of the word in the context of the church with the uh, use of water, whether sprinkling, pouring, um, or immersion. That would be what constitutes a valid baptism. So Brandon, one of the things that you know could come up in someone's mind is a question of, well, what happens if the pastor who baptized me ended up leaving the faith? Mm-hmm. I've heard of a few people who have had that um, experience where they looked up to a pastor. Later, we find out that they were living in unrepentant sin, great scandals. And so then you have a church that's left that, that possibly the entire church was baptized by this one man and then they're left thinking, well, was that ministry valid? What would you tell somebody who's in that context? Yeah. So, th- I mean, throughout the history of the church, that has, that has been a question that has plagued certain um, churches or certain um, people groups as people have baptized, but then later on that pastor falls away from the faith, that pastor converts to a different religion, and people are questioning, was my baptism valid? Uh, did I have a valid baptism? Do I need to be rebaptized or baptized for the first time um, because the, the 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 pastor who baptized me uh, turned out to be a heretic or turned out to be a pervert or turned out to be um, an apostate or or something? Um, but no, we 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 would want to affirm that your baptism is valid. Uh, your baptism is valid. And actually, one of the uh, catechism questions from the Westminster Shorter Catechism um, really helps out here. Um, the question asks, how do the sacraments become effectual means of salvation? 
And here's the answer it gives. The sacraments become effectual means of salvation, not from any virtue in them, or in him that doth administer them, but only by the blessing of Christ and the working of the Spirit in them that by faith receives them. And so what, what they're, they're getting at is the efficacy of the sacrament um, isn't rooted in the holiness of the person giving it. Praise God. <laughs> so if, if I, yeah, praise God. So if, if, if I baptize someone, um, it's not a valid baptism because I'm super holy man. Uh, it's a valid baptism. It's, it, it becomes effectual, um, as the Catechism said, because of the blessing of Christ, because of the working of His Spirit in them that by faith receive Him. And so I think that's a great way for us not to look to ourselves, but to look to Christ. Um, it's not uh, the holiness of the person. It's not um, any virtue in the water itself. It's not holy water, magic water that's making anything happen. It's not holy man doing something. It, it is Christ. We look to Christ and what the Spirit of Christ is doing in and through us as we apprehend and, and receive by faith. Uh, does that helpful, do you think? Anything I you think want to so, add? very much. I think that we might find it easier when we think about somebody who tells us the gospel verbally and we believe it and then that person falls away from the faith then we we i don't think we have the same struggle because we say oh well the word that's spoken that's the key thing but then i think if we recognize that the sacraments are visible words right and dependent upon those words of institution like you said the power of christ working through the mm -hmm. holy spirit through that word whether it's an audible word or the visible word yeah. the visible depends upon the audible then we can see that, uh, yeah, like you said, this is um, uh, not coming to us because of someone's holiness. And we'd also recognize that it has to do with uh, someone's office, not with their person. I think that, that term office is really key. Yeah. That someone might carry the office who ends up turning out to be a hypocrite, but the office is still there. Yeah. And the office is still valid. Yeah. To, to use a, a, an analogy in the military, for example, I was in, in the Navy, and sometimes you have a kind of a kooky guy who gets to be in charge sometimes <laughs> and they would say you salute the the office you salute the rank not necessarily whether or not this guy is the greatest guy in the world but it's the it's the rank it's the office it's yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's really helpful yeah and um so zach one other question that people can people can ask or wonder about is, and especially as pastors and, and receiving new members, somebody says, well, I was baptized as a Roman Catholic uh, when I was a baby. Um, is, that, is that a valid baptism? Would you, would you accept that? How would we think through that? Yeah, the, the short answer is yes, we would accept that. And we accepted yours because you were baptized as a Roman Catholic. Okay. And uh, others in our church have been received uh, uh, from a Roman Catholic background, and we've not um, uh, considered their baptism to be invalid. We certainly have differences with Roman Catholicism. That might be stating it lightly, <laughs> but we must also recognize that that communion still confesses the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They are performing the sacrament of baptism by the use of water. Someone who is ordained 
in, a, in acting in an office for that uh, that that calling that task to a, apply as a, a minister the water to someone and declaring the triune name over it. And again, if we're thinking about this as a visible word, as an objective thing, not based upon the holiness of the person and whether that person, uh, you know, truly gets the gospel or not, mm -hmm. we recognize there's an objectivity to it occurring in a Trinitarian context with the triune name, with the use of water within the context of a worship service. It matches up all those criteria that we um, have already set forth. And that's just been the way that's, Protestant churches have operated since the Reformation, with very few exceptions, whether you go to Lutheran churches or to the um, Anglican churches, to the historic Reformed churches. This has been a unanimous um, view that we still see enough validity in Rome to accept the baptism, even though we still have very serious um, differences uh, with Roman Catholicism. Right. And it goes back to kind of the last question that you asked me. Um, you know, what, what makes a, the, the baptism efficacious? It's the, the blessing of Christ, the working of the Spirit. I mean, they're being baptized into the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's not based upon their own intrinsic holiness or their own intrinsic anything, even though they might be downright heretics. Um, if they are um, baptizing into the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, um, yeah, it's not um, diminished by by their lack of orthodoxy, perhaps. That's right, because yeah. we're saying the word's there, right? Right, the word's the there. The word's there, yeah. and if the word is there yeah. in that in that way, authoritatively, mm -hmm. it's, it's a baptism. The yeah. word yeah. is what makes it a... And valid. the sacrament being a visible word. Exactly, yeah. right, exactly. Yeah. Well, we hope that this uh, conversation has been helpful for you. We... Um, hope that uh, as you think through these things that you are learning to better appreciate the sacraments and better appreciate the church. Sadly, these are things that uh, many people oftentimes don't think about and don't uh, discuss. But um, we invite you to uh, check us out at cincyreform.org. Check out the uh, church that is sponsoring this podcast, Westside Reformed Church, westsidereformed.org. And we look forward to you joining us again as we keep thinking about uh, deeper things of the faith, and encouraging you to uh, value Christ, uh, value his church, and to especially find great comfort in the gospel. Thanks again. Thank you.